There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Drive live. Talks legal. Well, it might be, uh, we might be at Jitex and we might be with the Dark Matter guys, but it's Monday, so it does mean Drive Live Talks Legal. Our guest today is Ludmilla Yamalova from Yamalova and Plethka. Ludmilla, thank you for coming to Jitex today to join us. Here. Great to be here and um, certainly have learned a lot. Not legal, certainly tech. Well, we are going to talk a bit of tech legal sort of questions with you today but of course if anyone does want to get in touch with Ludmilla any question doesn't have to be tech related today text us on 4001 or via the free messaging app and if we can maybe start off with cyber security maybe a bit of a reminder of what we need to be aware of Ludmilla from your your perspective sure with regards to the cyber security law there's really one body of law that we're all talking about and that's the UAE federal law number 5 2012 which was an amendment to an earlier law that was passed in 2009 uh, combating information technology crimes and otherwise known as cyber law. Uh, and in just in general terms, the, the, the cyber law, which is a federal law and applies across the UAE, um, has um, lists out about 38 cyber crimes which are specifically detailed and uh, for which pe- specific penalties are assigned for each crime. Uh, now, there's 38 crimes, and just in, in, um, for rele- in relevant terms, I'll list out a few of them that might be of interest, and they obviously range from anything that's super high-tech, such as tampering, for example, with IP address, uh, to just using information technology for to obtain uh, information that is, that is not, um, uh, that's not property, your own property, and therefore uh, confidential information of somebody else, for example, to benefiting itself. So it truly uh, ranges a very, has a very broad range, because it can cover any kind of serious cyber crimes as well as just very what many many may think are not even crimes or petty crimes such as using uh, or t- trying to access somebody else's website or somebody else's email address from from let's say your 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 work computer um, as a joke not thinking very very much of it uh, but any one of these crimes is actually uh, uh, punishable by two, two things. One is an impr- imprisonment, the other one is a fine. Um, so all the cyber law is not technically speaking part of the penal code or, or criminal code. It actually is a criminal law. So therefore, it's also a law that uh, cannot be brought by an individual, a private um, party, but it, it's rather brought by the state. So let's say if somebody's accused of um, uh, cyber law or cyber crime, they would, it would be the state that would be prosecuting them. Uh, now, once there is, uh, for example, a finding of guilt um, by the criminal court, then um, a party can bring a civil, cor- a civil case uh, in the civil court looking for compensation for damages for having suffered that crime. Now, just for the, for the, in, in the interest of specificity, I'll just read out a few, some of the, what I think more interesting articles um, that are actually crimes. So one, for example, is using the electronic side or any kind of uh, uh, technology um, in, that does not, without permission or illegally, in the occasion of performing one's work. Well, think about it. It's basically just using your, trying to ob- obtain information, for example, that may belong to somebody else, just in the name of work. On that of itself, most of us, or I think a lot of people may not think, can rise to the level of cyber crime, uh, more, uh, and more importantly, even criminal, but actually it is criminal and it's punishable anywhere from uh, by imprisonment, number one, and anywhere from uh, of a fine by from 250,000 dirhams to 1 million dirhams. Um, some of the other ones, 
relate, for example, to spamming, um, using uh, information technology to send out spamming emails, um, and the fine there again, imprisonment, and a fine of about 500,000 to 3 million dirhams. Um, uh, similarly, using information technology to obtain any kind of documents that don't belong to you. Once again, the fine anywhere from 250,000 to 1 million plus uh, imprisonment of at least one year um, in jail. Um, some of the other ones that even that carry fairly significant uh, fines as well, anything, once again, using information technology to obtain any kind of financial information or private information of, uh, of individuals, and that can, the fines can go all the way to 2 million dirhams. Uh, and in, same with privacy or any kind of confidential information, and so on and so forth. And I will tell you, there are a few even a wrap-up clauses that, uh, that make it criminal even for those who are attempted to commit any one of these crimes, uh, therefore not having attempted them yet, but attempted to commit. Uh, there is punishment just, for that as this well. This is just thinking about committing the crime is dangerous. Well, yes. <laughs> yes, that, that could qualify if you can prove it. Uh, and that actually carries fines that are about half of, um, of you know, I guess, the, the imprisonment or the, uh, the monetary fines that would otherwise apply uh, to, um, to having committed a crime. Um, so, the, and, and there's another one, sort of wrap-up uh, uh, article, and that is for anyone who actually maintains a website or saves or stores any of this, um, what otherwise would be considered illegal information, um, are, also, uh, are also subject to, um, to this or to the cyber law and therefore the associating penalties and crimes. So even if you yourself are not doing anything but are just storing information by virtue of, for example, have a, a server uh, or hosting a website, that too uh, can qualify as um, cybercrime under the UAE law. So let's get to the bottom line here. It is taken very, very seriously committing a crime online simple as that for sure and i tell you it was not always it was, um, was serious but at least the penalties were not as serious until about 2012 so in 2012 that's when the amendments were introduced to the, to the original version of the cyber law uh, which increased the penalties quite significantly so since 2012 those penalties are there for the crimes are, are treated even more seriously because before the fines did not exceed 500,000 dirhams. Now, basically, the average fine is 500,000 dirhams, but it goes all the way up to 3 million. Okay, Ludmilla Yamalver is with us. If you have a question to do with cybercrime, uh, she can, I guess, answer that. We have the notes, we have the technology here, that's for sure. She's from Yamalver and Plaska. Questions for 001 or via the free app or 423 uh, NLT and Tim, we're here at Jitex at the Dark Matter stand. We're going to be talking in a few minutes about smart tunnels. What are they? You will find out. Plus, um, as well as that, cryptocurrencies. That is to come. You're listening to Drive Live, broadcasting from Dark Matter at Jitex Technology Week. Impossible is just the beginning. Only on Dubai I 103.8. Here's Tim and NLT at Jitex, where the Dark Matter stand. And of course, it's Monday, so it's also Drive Live Talks Legal. Whether it's the monkey or vegetarian festival, you'll always find a reason to celebrate in Bank. Our guest today. Drive Live Talks Legal. Our guest today is Ludmilla Yamalova from Yamalova and Pleska. Ludmilla, thanks for joining us. We will go straight in with a question, actually. This one uh, is from Saeed. It says, um, I'm from Morocco. I was working for a real estate company. Uh, I wasn't paid a salary, commissioner only, and left for a new job. But I've just discovered old, the old company has opened an abscondment case, um, and I'm worried they'll be demanding money to drop it. Can I appeal this, and how long does an abscondment case last? 
Uh, well, it's actually a multi, multi-faceted question. So number one, abscondment is something different from a compensation claim. Abscondment is actually a criminal claim, and that is uh, filed through the, through the criminal authorities, uh, basically um, accusing someone of having absconded from, from the country. And so this is a separate case from, uh, from a, a civil case, for example, where the employee would be, or the company would be claiming some sort of compensation from the employee. So in this case, could the company actually use, uh, mix the two cases and use criminal case or the common case uh, to get some sort of a waiver of perhaps uh, employment compensation, employment entitlements that they would otherwise have to pay to the employee? Yes, they can, but this would be more uh, as, as leverage than any kind of legal uh, path or recourse uh, to, to to do so, and um, and abscondment actually is a fairly serious. It can be a very serious claim because if one has been reported as absconded, then there is usually a deportation uh, fine that's attached to it, and the deportation is mo- most cases actually for life and cannot really be lifted. It cannot be lifted in un- unless in very very serious exceptional circumstances. So it's not to be treated lightly. In other words. Uh, if the company has already filed an upcoming case but has not yet been finalized, I would recommend that the employee actually reach out to the company and try to negotiate because if there's any interest in coming back into the country, then there's, the, the employee needs to look more pragmatically and more practically uh, and figure out a solution to resolve this amicably instead of um, fighting this either in civil court or in criminal court. Uh, because once again, if abscondment is finalized, at that point there may never be an entry back into the UAE. But this is a fairly typical, uh, typical scenario as well, where companies do do that with employees, obviously because you know, some of them feel uh, disgruntled and disenchanted by the fact that the employees just run away. Uh, and others actually do use it um, by, as leverage to try to reduce their financial compensation or financial liabilities. So would this person um, need to figure out what kind of case it is, first of all? Yes, and that too is not very easy to do. So I, mean, the, this, I guess the more the sound way to deal with it is just to contact the company from outside of the UAE and to try to get the documents and establish um, what kind of a case it is and whether, uh, whether there has been a criminal case already filed. Because if there has been one, when the person enters the country, they will be arrested. Uh, because of this criminal case. So it's just, it's, it's wiser to try to get as much information as possible and in particular copies of documents if there are any available to understand the lay of the land before making any other plans to come back into the country. What if they're in the country? If they're in the country, same, a very similar thing can happen. If the case is already filed, if they try to leave the country, they may not be able to leave until the case is either resolved or, uh, you know, or I guess penalties and fines are properly served. Um, so it's just better not to wait till, till that happens. Okay, we've had a text in from Hibat. This says, what if someone hacks, this was back to what we were talking about, the cybercrime, what if someone hacks your WhatsApp or phone, and particularly if it's someone that you know? It doesn't really matter whether it's somebody you know or not. It's the, uh, the penalties are the same. It is a crime, once again, and, it's, and it will be covered under cyber law because it is a crime that was committed um, by using information technology. And the penalties for something like this would range anywhere from 500,000 to uh, a million uh, to a million dirhams. Uh, but these are, by the way, fines that are, uh, that are payment to the state and not to the individual. So if somebody has done that, for example, you, what you want to do is you want to report that as a crime, and that would be with either the police or the public prosecutor, and the criminal case would be initialized. And once there's proof of guilt, then you can use that case and file a civil case, for example, at the, at the courts, claiming compensation, financial compensation for the damages you have suffered as a result of this crime. 
Let me ask you about something that uh, you have uh, brought to us today, and that is something that we've seen a little bit of here, and this is back to tech. Uh, Ludmilla, smart tunnels. Imagine you come to the airport, you don't have to pull out uh, an Emirates ID, you don't have to go through with your little card, you can just walk down a tunnel, nobody even approaches you. I tell you, I saw the story and it really intrigued me only because my experience of entering and, and leaving the airport, the uh, Dubai airport, these days has changed since I've had my child because before I used, very happily used the e-gate system where you just punch the finger and off you go and there is, um, I was through in anywhere from one to three minutes. Well, now with my son, since he's only two, that's not really possible. You cannot, th those who don't have children yet would know that. You may not know that you cannot uh, use the e-gate um, e system if you have a child, obviously, because a child um, you know, cannot really do the fingerprint as well as, as adults can. So I was quite curious to, to know whether this particular tunnel, the smart tunnel, would actually allow for children to be registered as well. And, and, um, and this is a smart system that Dubai government has announced and is apparently showcasing here at the at JITEX, which will allow um, people to literally just pass through the tunnel, as, as Tim said, without having to stop and without requiring any kind of presenting of passport, let alone getting um, stamps in the passport. And it will be using facial recognition technology and retina, or I guess eye scan. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if you if you can use um, your small children uh, <laughs> as um, for, for you know, using this technology. But there's another part to it um, that I thought found quite interesting. So, as part of the same initiative, the Dubai government is also now testing the tes Tesla cars to basically to to show for people in and from out of the airport. In particular, it'll be a driverless car. And it will have the ability to scan people while they're still driving. And they say scan, check in people while they're driving to the airport, weigh their luggage. So all by just virtue of being in the car. And so by the time you, you arrive to the airport, all you, go, all you do is you just basically walk to the, to the gate. And I thought that was quite a fascinating and a cool idea. And I hope it comes into effect very soon. I tell you what, we'll come back to the legal implications of that. That's all the time we've got on the legal hour today. Drive Live Talks Legal. Ludmilla Malava has been with us from your Malava Pesco. As always, good to see you. Great to see you too. Thank, Thank you. you. Live at Jitex. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.